Welcome to Nerd Geek Dork, the podcast where we discuss the nerdy, geeky, and dorky sides of pop culture. I'm Mel Adam, and joining me as always is Pete the Retailer. Hello. And today we're talking about Friday Night Lights. Specifically, (laughs) specifically Friday Night Lights, the TV series, because it's based, it's not really based on a book or a movie, but there are a book and a movie that are related. Um, Maybe we'll get to that a little bit. Um... It was a TV series that was mostly on NBC with some other little kind of dalliances. Uh, it started in, at the end of 2006 and ended uh, five seasons later uh, in the beginning of 2011. And uh, joining us to talk about this show are three pretty devoted fans. Um, we've got Katie Brown. Hi. Uh, Eileen Burns. Hello. And Jessica Johnson. Hello. And I guess uh, I'm trying to figure out the best place to start. <laughs> <laughs> Why not start from the beginning? Has anybody read the book or seen the movie? I've both for me. Yeah? I've, I think it's been a very long time since I've seen the movie, but I have not touched on the book yet. I did not read the book, and I really did not like the movie version with Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> What's not to love about Billy Bob Thornton? <laughs> oh, that, that movie was so cliched, which is why the TV series looks is glowing in comparison. Well, I, I feel like that would happen if you have uh, five seasons to uh, touch on stuff instead of two hours. You kind of... Right. But it all happens within the first episode. Like, you have Connie Britton, who is actually in the film, mm-hmm. coming in and playing Tammy. And she made decisions when she decided to come onto the show that she didn't want to play the same bimbo wife part that she kind of had to play in the movie she wanted more meat in her role and she got what she requested and you can see from that very first episode how much they develop the relationships the characters they're three-dimensional and it it was the first episode one hour it's amazing sits in the stands and cheers on her husband and that's pretty much all that she does in the movie in the movie. Hmm. I think that's something that uh, Peter Berg actually touched upon. He said it in interviews. Um, he directed the film version and then also developed the series, but he actually said that um, he wanted to do the TV show so he could actually go more in-depth into the characters and into the topics and the relationships between the people, which he couldn't really do in the movie, but he could address it more in-depth with a, with a full TV show, which, thank goodness, he did that. Now, wait. All the names are different. All the characters are different. In the movie, right? Yeah, but you have sort of the same, I don't know, stereotypical people. Like, there's the all-American quarterback guy, and then there's, like, the African-American running back. And they kind of, like, play off the same roles. Right. There's the, uh, yeah. But they, but they all have different names. Right. It's not, this, it's not like a continuation of the same character. Hmm. And that kind of connects to the book, too, even though I know nobody else has read it. Because the book takes place in, like, the 80s in Texas. Yeah, and it's, it's nonfiction, out. right? Right. It's nonfiction. Yeah. It's yeah. actually journalism. It was supposed to be journalism. Yeah, well, and it's, it's like they talk a lot about, in the book, I feel, they talk a lot about kind of class and race conflict in West Texas and um, a lot of stuff that they bring up in the in this TV series and a lot of the things that really drive the storyline, they really do discuss in the book, except in the book, it's like cheerleaders have bad perms and it's, it's <laughs> they modernize everything. But a lot of the same issues like are still there in, in the later seasons with, um, Vince. yeah, well, the, the two different high schools and how, uh, the like redistricting to make all the you know star football players kind of go to one school and the other schools left with the scrubs. Yeah, I also I don't know if I finished the book. I read most of it. I think if I had read it without having watched the series, because I think I read it in that kind of in between seasons or something, and I was just like I had this insatiable need for more Friday Night Lights. I was like, oh, I'm going to read the book, and then I read the book, and I was just kind of. Uh, juxtaposition of what I had just seen with then reading this, which was like, you know, real. It was nonfiction, so it didn't have that kind of same flavor. 
Did you finish the series? uh, Almost. (laughs) (laughs) I made it into like half of the... So you couldn't finish any of them? I finished nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to leave halfway through the podcast, actually. I uh, yeah, I made it through the first half or so of season five, and it it I had lost momentum a bit, and it it I just couldn't. You didn't couldn't see the up. end of the whole series. No, they probably won a football game. When <laughs> somebody won a football really game. Funny. Yeah. When uh, they aired that last episode, my father had also dropped off from watching it, but he picked me up one day from the train station after the last episode, and he was like, "Tell me what happens." And I was, you know, going probably scene by scene in my memory. And I started taking long pauses because I was crying while I was telling him <laughs> what happened in the very end of Friday Night Lights, the TV series. <laughs> and he was like, wow, you really like that show. And I, I mumbled through my tears, yeah, a lot. <laughs> Can I touch upon a similar experience? <laughs> I um, I was on tour with the band I used to work for when I when the last uh, season was airing. I believe it was on DirecTV the last uh, two or three seasons. Um, aired on DirecTV before they got shown a few months later on NBC. But I had been downloading the episodes as they were airing on DirecTV while I was on tour. And I would have to psych myself up before watching every episode because... I mean, it's my favorite TV show, but it's really emotionally draining to watch and in a good way. And so I, I don't know, we were, we had some long drive. It was, the tour was in January, February, so it was freezing cold everywhere we were going. And uh, I remember staying up and watching it, watching the last episode in my bunk. And I think I waited till maybe like 2 a.m. to start it because I just was laying there like trying to psych myself up for watching the, the final episode like this is it this is everything this is all I'm gonna get from this show is this last episode and I just remember being in my bunk and it's just cold on the bus and I was just in the dark crying my eyes out <laughs> having finished that well just crying through the episode but then having finished the entire season just alone in a dark like coffin like bunk on a tour bus just crying and just not being able to stop <laughs> and then I just I think I just probably shut my computer off like cried myself to sleep and the next morning I had to just be fine and act like you know it wasn't like I don't know it felt like a piece of me had just ended it was that's that's how dramatic it was for me but yeah I definitely cried through my last uh my last experience with Friday Night Lights as well so I'm right there with you Jess wow I refuse to watch, like, I'm not great at technology and only just learned how to download stuff from the internet illegally. So (laughs) I didn't, I, like, didn't see Friday Night Lights when it was on in its final season on TV. Um, And so I, I, because I, like, kind of refused that it, to believe that it was over. And so I was at, I don't know, Best Buy in, like, Union Square, and I saw they had it on DVD, and I was like, well, guess I might as well do this so bought it I guess I started watching it probably at like 4 p.m. that day and I watched every episode straight through just like crying just next episode just next episode and then it's suddenly it's like 4 a.m. and I've just watched it all and I just yeah what do you so, even do at that point right I'm just a shell of a person by that <laughs> No more tears to cry. It's always emotional. Even just hearing the first strings of the opening credit song, it'll it'll make you fall. It makes me fall. No theme song that I think affects me the way that the Friday Night Lights theme song does. It's just. I have to stop what I'm doing because I have goosebumps and chills all over my body. And that's that it's from music through characters, through everything in the TV show. It's all the same. (laughs) And it lives on because my friend got married last year and she walked down the aisle to that song. And I think everybody may have been crying more because they recognized that it was that song and they were thinking about Friday night lights (laughs) and, Maybe more than, you know, like, oh, my God, she looks so beautiful. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, I remember. <laughs> and, oh, my God, this is going to be a great marriage because 
this song. <laughs> I'm actually kind of mad that somebody's already done that because that's something that I would totally want to do. Yes. Oh, you <laughs> just walk down the aisle with a Friday Night Lights song, theme song. Since I didn't attend the wedding, I can totally use that, right? <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I may have not even had said yes to a marriage proposal if I hadn't seen Coach and Tammy's marriage on television. It was, it was, it made me believe. (laughs) They they are the epitome of a working marriage, of of a successful marriage, I guess I should say. I hear everyone always talks about, you know, Coach and Tammy, and it's, it's just weird how it's the reverence that this relationship is. That's kind of the thing about Friday Night Lights is that it goes so much beyond football and, you know, high school football in Texas. It's, it's so much more about the relationships. And Coach and Tammy Taylor were just, you know, they weren't without their problems, but uh, they always found ways to respect each other and make it work, I guess. They're the epitome of, like, respecting each other and being their own person while still having this gigantic love for each other. I mean, the chemistry also between Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton was obvious. Um, I remember reading an interview with Peter Berg saying that when they cast each of them um, and they saw them together, he was actually kind of scared that they would end up having an affair and Kyle Chandler's um, marriage would be over, and they had decided to um, drive to Austin together from L.A. when they got the news that the pilot was picked up. And Peter Berg was so anxious that he had just caused the failure of of Kyle Chandler's marriage. (laughs) That's funny. I never knew that. Wow. Now, what what would you say is the... this show, I mean, it's crazy when I hear people talk about it and then I feel bad for I've never watched it. Um, but what would you say would the initial appeal would be? Would you, would you say because it's... Uh, Tim Reagan? Like, <laughs> not just for the ladies, but for every, would you say it's the sports angle or just the relationships or is it just like, you know, everyone likes a good high school drama? I think even just not for the ladies, it's Tim Riggins. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. That uh, he's mad enough to admit that. That's great. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> no, I think I think for me, it's more. It goes more beyond that. It's well, for one, it's an ensemble cast. So there, even though I'd say maybe Coach Taylor and Tammy are are more the main focal point in a lot of uh, most of the series, it's still a complete ensemble cast. So there's so many storylines and relationships going on. Um, at the same time and they're pretty much all equally important and you become as a viewer you become invested in all of those relationships whether it's a friendship or a romantic or you know coach to player or teacher or whatever you just become invested in every single one so it's just I, I don't know it's just something that uh, you almost feel like you're a part of the story as well watching it because I think of the way they filmed it uh, with I think it was the three camera um, shoots they shoot it live and they didn't block it and that was kind of a unique thing about friday night lights but you actually felt like you were a fly on the wall in a lot of the scenes so i don't know if anyone wants to come off on that tangent but (laughs) i mean it's the way they shot it and the way they they script it they would just kind of let everybody kind of be you know play fast and loose with the script as long as they got the basic idea across right exactly the actors were allowed to take the scenes and take the uh, the script where they wanted to as long as it felt true to their character Right. So that everything feels a lot more kind of natural and conversational, which ends up working incredibly well. Definitely. Hmm. I'd be horrible at that. <laughs> yeah, good, good thing this they, is so scripted. Yeah. <laughs> they were also successful. I mean, I know before this year, like Friday Night Lights aired, Connie Britton had been on, what was it, Spin City? Yeah. Jessica, you're probably better at this. She was like Michael <laughs> J. Fox's assistant person mm-hmm. on that show. And then... Uh, Kyle Chandler had been on Early Edition. Early Edition. That was a great show. That was him. Holy crap. But they weren't like huge marquee names. And I think they did a really good job of finding the, I mean, I guess they weren't really kids, but the the younger actors were pretty much unknowns for the most part. Yeah. They had the casting was perfect. So you don't come in with an expectation of like, oh, like, I know this character from this massive series they did on the Disney Channel, or, oh, I've seen this person, and, you know, they always played the bad boy role or something. So there weren't those sort of things attached to anyone really going into the show. Hmm. 
fresh bonding, fresh bonding. Yeah. Right. But now everybody, after the fact, now it's just like, oh, look, Coach is in a new movie. Or it's like, why is Landry on uh, Breaking Bad? Well, no, but I think a lot of them have shaken their, I mean, they've gone on to do other film roles or other acting roles that don't necessarily reflect on their Friday Night Lights characters, but Friday Night Lights has definitely boosted them into other shows or other movie roles. Well, I think Taylor, how... Taylor Kitsch is probably the only one that hasn't had the best luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the big elephant in the room. The show made him, and he is the person that can't, I mean, just doesn't get good roles. And he's yeah. not making wise choices. But, I mean, on the other hand, you have the guy who played Vince, Michael B. Jordan, who may very well be nominated for an Oscar this year for Fruitvale right. Station. And he's in interviews saying, I want to be the guy that gets Leonardo DiCaprio's, like, handoffs or the ones he didn't want to do. And, um, I mean, he's very focused. And I'm just like, Taylor Kitsch is probably a lot like Riggins. He's still living in Austin. That's truth. And he's probably just like, hey, man, I'm just doing what I'm doing. And yeah. he's probably also still living an amazing life. So, yeah. But that's what I do. Have... But I want the amazing part as well. <laughs> I want but the money. But that's how to... the, the show lives on. You see all the characters still, not characters, actors still in other things. I mean, the only reason I'm watching Nashville or the only reason I started was because Connie, Connie Britton's Britton. on it. Yeah. And, she's amazing on that show, by the way. And I love that show now. <laughs> yeah. She's Connie Britton, and I will watch anything she's in. To touch on that, I just spent the last three weeks binge-watching Parenthood, which oh um, is the same with Jason, what's his name, Jason Cadams, uh, yeah, same producer. Um, he's brought on so many alumni from Friday Night Lights into Parenthood, and it's, a, seriously, it's an amazing show, and it's um, kind of... I don't, it, it feels very similar to Friday Night Lights, except different sort of subject matter. But I love that he's brought in so many actors from Friday Night Lights into smaller roles or recurring roles on Parenthood. So, totally. That's so another great, great show. <laughs> it's almost like the one guy, the one who went into the army at the end of Friday Night yeah. Lights. That, that Laura, it's like Matt a Laura. continuation. Right, of exactly. His character. Okay. He shows up season Cafferty. four of Parenthood and he's, yeah, Luke Cafferty. He's in the military. He's all PTSD'd yeah. out. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of funny how that happens. And then concurrently, we have um, Jesse Plemons, who yeah. was in Breaking Landry. Bad. Yeah. Landry turns into some crazy. I don't watch Breaking Bad, but Landry turned into some crazy person on Breaking Bad. So and I've let's, seen- <laughs> let's be honest. He was a murderer on Friday Night Live. Right. Yeah. He, he was. was on Breaking Bad. Wait, what? It too much of a stretch. Just kidding. I mean, uh, he wasn't the only one on Breaking Bad either, because Herc was part of his like yeah. neo-Nazi gang, and the girl that played Lyric, um, who was Tammy, was always like tutoring and doing stuff oh, with yeah, yeah, in the yeah. later seasons. She's the one who uh, right. she was yeah. uh, Jesse's girlfriend. Yes. in the, the later seasons of that. So I mean, Vince Gilligan, creator of Breaking Bad probably binge-watched Friday Night Lights and said, I'm going to need some of these guys because, you know, who doesn't? I was reading the other day when I was preparing for this podcast recording that um, (laughs) Scott Porter, uh, he plays QB1 Jason Street, uh, in season, well, Adam, sorry, I'm not really going to spoiler alert, I guess, but in I figured pilot, I was going to hear a few <laughs> pilot yeah. episode. He's uh, the star quarterback and he is injured um, during the big game and then he becomes paralyzed. Um, that actually happened to I mean, it's happened to several high school players in Texas alone, but um, it was actually based off of um, a specific high school, Texas high school football player who that happened to. He was injured and paralyzed at a game that I think Peter Berg actually attended. Um, it just happened by chance, and he took that experience of seeing that happen in person and then developed the pilot episode around that instance and basically developed Street's character around that and uh, let Scott Porter kind of roll with it. But I thought that was kind of interesting, and, and I guess they've actually um, tried to bring more awareness to high school football safety through all of that. And anyways, I thought that was kind of interesting. It's definitely what a way to kick off 
a series and a pilot episode is pretty much right in the beginning. You see some poor high school boy just get just completely his life changed around, which yeah. uh, True to Friday Night Lights is kind of how that show goes. Mm. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty interesting. But yeah, they was- get a lot of, oh, like, really, I don't know, crazy issues in more, I guess, realistic ways than a lot Except of Except for the murder. Except yeah. for the murder yeah. plot. That was Let's weird. just ignore that whole thing. <laughs> but the whole thing with, um, like, Becky's abortion and, like, mm-hmm. Tammy, like, losing her, just effectively losing her job over her decision to direct her to literature. And um, just kind of the whole, the, the best parts, I think, are when Kyle Chandler has to, like, deal with the realization that his daughter's growing up and, like, yeah. is going to one day have sex and then does. And just, like, the, I don't know, I, I feel like in the future, if I have to talk to my kids about sex, I want to, like, just word for word, like, give them the, the, the speech. The, you know, Coach Taylor like, speech. Taylor speeches, because it's, like, the perfect way to... Yeah. Connie's talk with um, her daughter is when they're, like, I think they're in bed together, and they're discussing it. Tears to my eyes, and also just... I, too, thought at that moment, if I have a daughter, I need to rewatch this scene and remember everything that Tammy says and write it down. See, most of my moments like that I get from cartoons. I feel <laughs> clearly it's very, very wrong. <laughs> I know there's a lot of love for uh, these characters, so I, I kind of want to just touch on, on the, the core ones that people love. What's the deal with Coach? What isn't the deal of coach? Yeah, what do you mean, he's what is the, the deal best. Of coach? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's just it. He's just the best. He's, he's like the rock for so many people in that in within the community. Well, they either hate him or they love him. But for his team, he's you know he's a father figure at home, but he's also kind of like the rock that they all kind of come to depend on for the team as well. He's just and, a solid guy. He yeah. makes solid decisions. He thinks about things. He can sometimes be a little quiet. But he's, he's always not going flawless to do the right either. Thing. He's not. He's not flawless, but he's such a good person, and he makes his mistakes. But he's such a good person, and you're always rooting for him, even though he keeps coming up against all these other boneheads that he's surrounded by. So he's kind of like me, is basically what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> like I exactly. can relate to him. He always wants to tell you something. He's like, "Let me tell you," and I've got something <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> I feel like I have a weird, like, what is it, Ophelia complex? Is that like when girls love their dads? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to bring up the dad kind of hot thing, but you go ahead. (laughs) Well, I was going to say there's like things that he does that like kind of remind me of my dad, but I like, like love Coach Taylor so much. But I also feel like he has all these like qualities that you would want to have in a husband. Definitely. Just It's like, you're like... You simultaneously Perfect. want to be Julie Taylor, his daughter, but also Tammy Taylor, his wife. Yeah. <laughs> but he you is... never want to be Gracie the baby because she's just like <laughs> She looks like Tammy had to wear with Landry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Just putting that out there. I think we're leaving out the, the – okay, so everybody loved Riggins and Coach. They're like the, the solid part of the show – along with Tammy, but, you know, the the underdog is Matt Saracen. Matt Saracen. I was the number one Matt Saracen fan, I have to say. Um, I might have said the number one Matt Saracen fan. (laughs) 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 All right, I'll take Vince. I always go for the underdog, so yeah. No, I I agree. (laughs) I think he was definitely kind of the unsung sort of character, um, very easily overlooked, but so important. And his relationship with his grandmother... Um, who he cares for, and his relationship with his parents, who are pretty much non-existent. Um, I made my dad. I didn't. My my parents don't know anything about Friday Night Lights, but I did make my dad watch the episode um, called "Son" um, that oh my God. Zach Gilford was in, where uh, Matt Thurston's father is is in the military and is gone all the time. Is pretty much. Uh, I don't know. I guess he he doesn't. He prefers to 
I don't, I don't want to like be insensitive to military, but he prefers to be away in the military and focusing on his job rather than um, be at home with his family or like focus on Matt Saracen raising his son. Yeah, and, he's very disconnected. Right, exactly. So um, I don't, I don't know how to do this without spoilers. Yeah, it's it's but cool. Nobody yeah, already... who listens to a okay. Friday Night Lights podcast <laughs> is going to looking to avoid spoilers. Well, yeah, let's just warn everybody now. Basically, Matt, Matt Saracen's character is, has a huge internal conflict of, you know, being his father's son, but hating his father for being so absent in his life and leaving Matt behind to take care of his grandmother, who, you know, is starting to, you know, get older and pretty much, I guess, I guess they determined she has Alzheimer's eventually or she's developing it, early signs of it or whatever. Um, so he's left at home to care for his grandmother and, and be in high school and, and there's a lot of pressure on him, obviously. So the episode Sons is the one that I, I sent to my dad to specifically watch because it was such a great emotional episode where he finds out basically his father has been killed in combat. And he doesn't know how to handle that emotionally because he both hates him and despises his father. Um, but at the same time, it's your father and you've just lost him. What are you going to do? Um, so I just think that was basically Zach Guilford's like glory moment. Like what an episode for him. I know a lot of people and a lot of fans were kind of calling for him to be nominated for an Emmy award or something for that episode, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. I, mean, but. I, I remember the end of that episode and he's, you know, with the shovel and the dirt over yeah. his dad's grave. And I am about to come to tears just thinking about it because it was so powerful. And it's definitely one of my top, five episodes of that entire show it was um shot beautifully and it was kind of it was almost a more quieter episode I remember and that that ending and Zach Guilford as Saracen I just I bawled I think for like 20 minutes after yeah you know not only that but the other the other characters I mean um like Taylor Kitsch, especially, I think, you know, the other characters kind of rallying around him. He's a little bit of an outsider because he's so quiet. Um, he doesn't have, you know, that kind of like football guy, you know, bravado attitude or whatever. But but it's you truly see the other guys kind of rally around him in support, um, even though he's still a little bit of the underdog and the outsider up until that point. So I kind of appreciated that, too. See, from the few things you guys have talked about so far, I have a feeling this show would really fuck me up. Like, I, <laughs> I try to avoid shows like this because, I mean, as tough as I may seem with my 128-pound frame and my podcast <laughs> that has Nerd Geek and Dork in the title, <laughs> I get really emotionally involved with these these uh, TV shows, and I, I lose my shit, you know? Oh, yeah. So, you just have to give in to it, Adam. Just accept no, it, you know? just accept yeah. it and let it happen. No, oh, I don't know, man. It's so it's it's gonna mess you up. I get teary eyed watching Futurama. This is like <laughs> serious stuff. <laughs> I just can't deal with these moments where, especially because these characters seem so relatable. So then it hits you so much harder. And oh, just why do you think I said it took me so much, so long to emotionally pump myself up to watch each episode? <laughs> it's it's intense, but it's uh, it it's very I don't I don't know. It's a good feeling too at the same time. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Mm. You'll it's also a have a little bit of season three that is still some ridiculous television that was written during the writer's strike. And um, that included the murder, which is oh, still like two. a blight or season two. Yeah. Still a blight on the series. <laughs> yeah. Season two is the one I always, I always tell people who are watching it for the first time, just kind of brace yourself for it and get, get through season two because there were some weird storylines that <laughs> yeah. happened, I think, as a result of the writer's, the writer's strike. Oh. But it all picks right back up in season three. And is it season okay. three where they split schools? No, that's that season, season four. four. I, think that's so four I guess they're yeah. kind of gearing up for it, like near the, well, I guess at the end of season three, you sort of find out. Yeah. 
said it's going to happen, but it's really amazing the way that you come to become, you become such a big uh, Dylan Panthers fan, Dylan being the school that, and the football team, uh, you become such a big supporter of Dylan Panthers. It is amazing how much that changes once the, the school, the school split into the kind of entitled wealthy Dylan Panthers and the underdog for, uh, East Dillon Lions who have, you know, the crummy football field and the players that don't really know what they're doing, who haven't had any real coaching um, and are kind of slackers. It's, it's amazing how much you turn into a Lions fan and you, you like suddenly despise the Panthers for everything <laughs> that they stand for. Yeah, that um, was really neat. So Friday Night Lights becomes the Mighty Ducks in season four. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you kind of put it that way. <laughs> That makes it more interesting to me, I think. <laughs> well, the, I think that it's really great that they let uh, the characters graduate and, like, go on to yeah. do other things. Because so many great TV shows run into that problem when people graduate from high school. Like, what do you do? Where? Send them off to the same Gosh, fictional yeah. college in the same town? Or is that, a, know, is that a jab at Saved by the Bell the college years? Is that what you're doing there? Directly at my Veronica Mars DVDs right now. <laughs> no, but so many TV shows, whether it's, I don't know, I remember watching like 90210 growing up and they like all end up at the same college, which is not how life happens. And I don't know, it's nice that they're able to get like a new injection of young characters, but by having Eric and Tammy as like the, the core and the focus of the show, they can do that. Like, the kids are allowed to grow up and go do other things, and it's not not stuck in Dylan forever. Some of them are well out of but, choice. But, <laughs> out of choice. But, it, but that's real life too. Some people are oh, just totally. it's time to grow up in forever. But I love the new characters that they you know introduce um, throughout the series, and I think season four with Vince is my favorite season. Just yeah. I love. I think it was. It touched on some topics of race and class that a lot of TV shows would rather not, especially ones that purport to be about high school football. But it's such a great basis for that kind of conversation. And um, I think they did a really great job. I think Michael B. Jordan and um, the whole new part of town that came into the show um, really laid it out. I think they had a lot a of really great supporting actors come into during uh, from that point on to support that. Like uh, the the actors that played uh, Vince's family were so great mm-hmm. and and really impacted. You know the way that his character um, was portrayed his his father coming out of incarceration and his mother, you know, being a drug addict slash in recovery, um, and then you know just the other characters. Um, what was the girl's journey Smollett? Yes. What was her character's name? Jess. Jess, Jess, yeah. yeah she was great. Um, her kind of balance, balancing him out a little bit and having her own struggles being a girl. Um, yeah, um, I think they did a really good job introducing new characters in sort of the changeover to the new school. And there's the great ones that stick around, like Buddy Garrity. Never change Buddy Garrity. And then he was in the uh, the movie too. Yeah, I think he, he was did the, the same. Same guy, the like boosters guy, but um, right. Basically, yeah. Adam, to clarify for you, buddy, Garrity's the, I guess the supposed to be the stereotypical uh, high school Texas booster, who is just always he's like, all of buzzing around the coach's head. Yeah, used car salesman, always buzzing oh, around. He's a chubby dude, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've I've caught a few a few minutes. At- you know, on on random people's TVs and whatnot. As annoying as he was at times, he actually has a really good character arc. I think coming through this the series, he really grows a lot as a character um, by the end of the series, which I appreciate the you know the producers and everything letting happen because it would be kind of a bum out and not really true to I think the whole the whole show if if he had stayed the same kind of scumbag booster he was at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and when he switches, <laughs> kind of, he switches oh. from east to west. West east. West east. west east. Sorry, wrong, wrong way. <laughs> uh, yeah. As a as a viewer, it helps you kind of make that progression too. I mean, you're already following Definitely. Coach, obviously, but yeah. Who wants to stick with the McCoys? Not me. No. no. 
Well, that other than like JD McCoy's dad, there's not like a <laughs> clear villain in the series right. either. Like everyone has good things about them and bad things about them. And mm-hmm. well, maybe the the guy who wrote the murder episodes. <laughs> 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 Interesting to note that Tyra's character is, she's like the first one to kind of get away from Dylan, Texas, I guess, right? She doesn't, she's the only one that doesn't really come back except for the very, very end, mm-hmm. which which yeah. I'm glad they brought her back to sort of have her, you know, like little uh, bit at the end of the series. But um, she had always wanted something more and then she was able to get away from the small town, which was kind of neat that to see her character do that. Because in the beginning, she was kind of the, like, popular blonde. Was she a cheerleader? She wasn't a cheerleader, right? She wasn't a cheerleader, but she was sort of, um, like, she was... um, She was trashy, right? She was kind of trashy. Her sister was the stripper, right? Right. And she was sort of on again, off again um, with Riggins. Never his, like, official girlfriend, but just kind of the girl on the side and... And she always wanted more than that. She didn't think she was going to get into college. Doesn't Tammy help her as a college counselor? Yeah. Yeah. Look at her she college options. School, yeah. Yeah. So she got away. She she got away from the town. We haven't talked about um, Minka <laughs> Kelly's character at all. Lila Garrity. Yeah, Lila or um, Smash Julie? either really. Julie too. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hated Lila, and I don't, I'm, I'm happy to not talk about her. Okay. <laughs> She's great in Parenthood, though, just to throw Wait, that why, out why, why do you hate this character, Pete? Is, uh, is it something that I'd end up hating as well? Uh, it could be. She's just, uh, like, not very interesting character and doesn't, like... She's just she really there have, to be a, a girlfriend and not to be her own person. She didn't have much of... Her identity, which I think maybe reflects a lot on Texas high school girls, her identity depended solely on... The fact that she was a head chiller dating the QB1, right. Jason Street. And then he gets injured and can never play football ever again. And he was her ticket out of Dillon, Texas. And so when she realized that essentially her ticket, you know, was gone, um, she still loved him, but she just couldn't handle that part of her identity just like disappearing. And she actually ends up cheating on him on, on Street with Riggins, who is Street's best friend. Um, and that just turns into this whole thing, kind of like flips her life upside down. And um, so, yeah, she's basically her identity. That whole first season just depended on the guy that she was with, which I don't know. It's probably true for a lot of high school girls, wow. especially ones in small towns that, you know, their identity is cheerleading into football. Just hearing all that broke my heart. <laughs> like, oh my god that, that's how you watch it that would that would screw me up man i'd be crying like how do you oh you know like oh that's only season one that is only season oh, one right. <laughs> tv yeah. relationships destroy me oh my god <laughs> you have a wheelchair in there and cheating and i'm just dead i think more annoying than lila was becky becky's character like the ditzy girl who was in like the second sort of grouping of cast members who was just always, she's the one that ends up having the abortion. But she's just like jumping from boy to boy and she just can't figure it out. And she used to be like a beauty pageant girl, but she doesn't want to do that anymore. But I I don't know. Her character kind of got on my nerves more than a few times. Yeah, well, her her parents are absent. Her dad's a trucker who has another family someplace else. And her mom... Wanted to live her own life, basically, right? To be away a lot. And her mom had her when she was really young. And then, she, yeah, she doesn't really have anybody there. And then, you know, Tim is living out of the trailer in their yard and gives her a ride to school, right? <laughs> One thing leads to another. Yeah. No, she but has he, a crush he's on him. Very, like, respectful of her. And she's throwing herself on him, which was yeah. like the annoying part for me about her character, which she's always throwing herself on different Why guys. And like, that is true. That is true. But <laughs> when she finally has a guy who treats her right, which is Luke Cafferty, she doesn't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she gets knocked up. <laughs> I didn't find her too annoying. I, I think I think Julie Taylor was maybe 
my most annoying maybe because I had Saracen's heart in my mind all the time. But um, and I wanted to be her for many reasons. But, you know, it, it was also portraying somebody who's a teenager who doesn't know what she wants and right. who is trying to figure life out. And she definitely did a good job of portraying that a confused teenager. Yeah. yeah, which I think Becky was as well. And, yeah. um, you know, all of the teenage characters have to make these mistakes. I mean, let's not talk about our own teen <laughs> years. <laughs> I oh, I could do an episode that. just for that. I, I could <laughs> oh. change all the names, though. Do you can still call it Nerd Geek Dork. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> like that? No. <laughs> that, that hurts. <laughs> now, now uh, what's the phrase? Clear, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. There you go. Yeah, got it. I remembered. Um, so why is that? What, like that phrase, like lives on and with everyone. And I, I'm pretty sure a few of you have that tattooed yeah. on your bodies. Maybe Katie and I both have it tattooed on us. <laughs> Jess, when are you gonna get your Five Night Lights tattoo? You gotta get on that. There's yeah, there's actually a few of us that have it now. I think. Now, what's, what's, what's so, yeah, what is it about that, that, that phrase? Is it just like connecting it to the show or does it have like a deeper meaning that hits people? Like, what is that? It's, it's in the locker room of the um, Dylan Panthers and coach, they all say it before they play a game. And it's, it's just the phrase is like a, what do you call it? Like a tagline almost of their like emotional togetherness and it works in so many ways throughout the show it's it's the epitome of the show itself i agree and i think it goes so far beyond the show too i mean just the words alone clear eyes full hearts can't lose i mean that can apply to pretty much anything in life it doesn't just apply to the show which is why i didn't hesitate to get it tattooed on my body it's a life phrase it's for everybody even the president used it right well, no, that yeah. was, uh, wasn't and, it? Uh, that was Romney, right? Romney no, tried to use president, it. No, but the president used it first. He, he, there was like a banner in his office, one of in his yeah, campaign office, and one of his interns posted a photo of it on Instagram, and then the Romney campaign tried to use it. Uh, I just remember the Romney campaign, and I was like, no! <laughs> Theoretically, it should have been the most popular show ever because it's like a character-driven, you know, essentially a soap opera, like, except with, like, so much more. That, that, that implies kind of low quality, but it's, like, so, you know, it's about people and, and you know, their relationships and the way that, yeah. you know, it's, it's about real people and it's also, like, it's it's got a football setting. So, like, everybody, I, there's something for everybody there. It should have been the most popular show ever. I do think it should have been universally liked and heralded because you know there there was issues with the fact that my brother was actually the one who told me to start watching it he was like jessica you got to check out the show friday night lights and i was like oh man i hated that movie i was just gonna be about jocks and like football and you know you're gonna have the cheerleaders and the wife who aren't going to be real characters no thanks and then I started hearing a little bit more and I was like fine I'll watch the first episode and I was like this is the greatest show I've ever seen (laughs) I think they definitely I think NBC definitely dropped the ball a little bit on their marketing plans for the show Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think they I mean when I first heard about it I think most people who don't really know what the show is about just assume it's a tv show about high school football which is so far from, you know, what the show is really about. But I think a lot, or just off the bat, a lot of people were just looking at it or coming to it from that angle. And I just, I think they really dropped the ball on how they could have properly promoted the show and what it's about. Mm-hmm. So that, that, in that sense, that was kind of unfortunate. But uh, at the same time, maybe because it was sort of an underground uh, kind of like cult fan base. It's it's sort of now almost three years later since this, the show's ended. It's it's probably going just as strong as ever. If you had to sell me on this show, like what would you think the main thing that would appeal to me is? Ooh, uh, I don't want to go first. <laughs> Adam, 
I think that you should watch the show because it's all about heart and genuine relationships and love. And it's something that you can't, you will smile at even when you're crying. I cry at the happy parts of Friday Night Lights all the time. And um, I think that despite all the heartbreak involved, it does end up making you feel better just about life in general. Mm. See, I forget, I, that, not- I forget that you know I'm a big softie. <laughs> uh, I know you, Adam. I could have said it better myself. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's, that's exactly, I think it's a very fulfilling series to watch. And I agree with everything that Jess said. Hmm. I was just going to say Crucifictorious. So. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I felt like there was some Landry angle to take with it. And you, you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah, you'll you'll see what that means, Adam, and you'll appreciate. I it. think you would identify with Landry to an extent, because if there is a nerd, geek, or dork on that show, it's him. Definitely Landry. Yeah. Mm. But I know you wouldn't murder anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe you would for Tyra, for the right girl. <laughs> because you are such a soft. <laughs> or if you just had bad writers. Yeah. <laughs> We've already established that the writing on my life is terrible in many of these episodes. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking now that I should, like, I was thinking I should just go back and watch the end of the fifth season, but maybe I should go back and just start over because it's been three or four years. So, whenever, oh, uh, what is it, three years since it ended? Two and a half? I don't know. It's It ended in early 2011. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been. I think I want to go back and watch from the beginning as well. I've spent the last three years psyching myself up to start it from the beginning, (laughs) and I haven't gotten there yet. Also, Adam, the central relationship of Coach and Tammy will make you believe in love and romance (laughs) and know that, you know, you can have the good thing. It doesn't have to be all about heartbreak. I believe in love. (laughs) (laughs) You're worried. You're worried about getting your heart broken. Well, those will, those two will always be there for you throughout the show, holding you up, you know? Hmm. Interesting. That's a good sell. You you know, my fears when it comes to things (laughs) in TV and life, I guess, yeah, I guess I should trust you. Uh, Does anybody have any last, no, I'm not going to say last words. That sounds ominous. Anybody have any closing (laughs) thoughts? Uh, Anything they wanted to get in there? Those are, oh, my last words are Texas forever. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, here's to God in football and 10 years from now, Street. Good <laughs> friends living large in Texas. Woo-hoo! These are all Texas forever. Guys, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Martin, Adam. You'll yeah. see. There you go. There you go. Um, Pete, you got anything? No, I wish I could remember a quote, but I can't. I mean, we can all say the quote if you guys want in unison. Oh. <laughs> Adam, you know it now, too. You I know, to- but it feels cheap out coming out of me because I, I haven't experienced it. You three, you four can do it. <laughs> I, I, would, I would just sit here and get the cold shiver from you guys saying it. <laughs> I'd be okay with that, you know? You, you guys can go ahead. I mean, this is a nerdy podcast. Yeah. Come on. It's the ultimate nerd thing to do at this moment. Yeah, for you guys, me, I'd be a poser, and that's a horrible thing to be. So, you know. <laughs> Why are you afraid, Adam? I'm afraid of many <laughs> things. I just don't want to get hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just say the first part, and you guys just finish it. How's it that? It's a call and response thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Pete, you do it then, because I don't know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> The call and response thing just made it too complicated now, you know? I think what Adam's trying to say is clear eyes, full heart. Can't lose! Can't lose! <laughs> just like Parker Lewis. <laughs> Parker Lewis. Yeah, well, thank you, ladies. Um, enjoy the rest of your evening. Bye, guys. Hey. Bye. That was yeah. fun. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming having on. me. Indeed. Bye.
was living in a devil town. I didn't know it was a devil town. Oh Lord, it really brings me down about the devil town. All my friends were vampires. Didn't know they were vampires. Turns out I was a vampire myself in the devil town. Anything? Are you still recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, I guess not. I guess I guess we're good. Yep. Is that is that is that a wrap? <laughs> yeah, we'll call it.